Business's Big Podcast. It's Build a Big Podcast, the marketing podcast for podcasters. I'm David Hooper. Bigpodcast.com is the website. And this is the podcast about growing your podcast. I'm talking about growing your podcast audience, increasing the amount of money that you make with your podcast, increasing the impact that you have with your podcast. I'll talk about all of those things here. I've got an episode about Taylor Swift, the Taylor Swift School of Podcasting. Before I get into it, though, I want to let you know that this coming month, I've got something called Podcast Jumpstart 2.0. This is something that I want to get you involved with. If you think, yeah, my podcast is kind of stuck. It's not as fun as it used to be. I'm not getting the engagement that I want. This is for you. We're going to go through some small things that you can do that get you big results when it comes to the things that I mentioned. Impact, money, making a podcast that people care about. This one is free. It's free. The first one that I did, over 3,700 people went through it. This one, I don't know, but it's free. I'm expecting a lot of people. I'd like you to be part of this group, and here's how to do that. Bigpodcast.net, not .com, bigpodcast.net slash jumpstart. You can go there right now. You can sign up for free. I'll get you the info that you need. We're going to go through this thing as a group. Podcast Jumpstart 2.0, bigpodcast.net slash jumpstart. Let's talk about Taylor Swift. This is a quick follow-up to my previous episode, which talked about what not to do when you're in front of an audience. This one, it just so happened I had perfect timing on it. Taylor Swift was in town this weekend, three nights in a row, 70,000 people per night, three sold-out performances. And what I'm talking about on this episode is about what to do, because she did a lot of things right. There are a lot of things that you can learn from Taylor Swift, even when it comes to podcasting. By the way, none of these things are going to cost you any money. These are things that she does right when it comes to connecting with her fans. And I can go deep with it because I know her former manager. Taylor Swift actually came to a music conference that I was running about 20 years ago. This was 2003, I think, when she was there. She came in with her parents. I wouldn't have thought anything of it. There are a lot of young girls, and at the time she was 14 or 15. Might have been 13 years old. I don't know. You Swifties can let me know how old she was, 2003. <laughs> she was there with her parents. As are a lot of young musicians, it's not uncommon to see teenage musicians, people that, you know, maybe they want to be an actor or they, whatever, you know. In the industry, we have these people coming through all the time. So I didn't think much of it. Anyway, it was a three-day event on the business, on marketing, growing an audience, the same things that I talk about here. I'd like to think that I had something to do with the success that she's had. Who knows? You know, I think that, honestly, she's just the type of person who loves an audience and loves the people within an audience and is able to connect with an audience. And we're going to talk about some of those things here. Big lesson number one is show up, show up. And I'm not talking about just walking on stage and being there because 70,000 people have purchased tickets to see you. I'm talking about showing up, meeting the enthusiasm of the audience. This was an insane weekend, 48 hours before the first show. And again, she had a run of three different nights. 48 hours beforehand, there are people lined up wanting to buy her merch. They're connecting with each other. They're these Taylor dads, I guess you'd call them, that are bringing their young girls to the Taylor Swift shows. They're camping out in the parking lot of the stadium. It's like a tailgating party. It was completely insane. It's like a Grateful Dead concert. And Taylor Swift matched that enthusiasm. Let me explain. Night number three, a crazy storm comes through right before the show. And that's a big deal because, again, this is a stadium, an outdoor football stadium. It is big. It is completely exposed. A storm is going to shut the thing down. Here was the scene. Check this out. We are sheltering in place, and there's 
a bunch of Swifty fans right behind me. They really want this show to go on. We know that Taylor Swift has tweeted that she's ready to play. Now, we heard from Nissan Stadium. They're still monitoring the situation. There's a lot more to this. Unfortunately, I can't play it for you because one of these things these fans were doing was singing Taylor Swift songs, waiting to see if this show was going to happen. During this time, you got the Taylor dads out in the parking lot. You've got the young girls in the event space. And again, it's huge. 70,000 people. The indoor area, eh, not really made for 70,000 people, but they were cramming in there. Multiple balconies full. Just not a lot of space. Not a lot of fresh air. It's humid. Raining outside. Is the show going to happen? We don't know. The delay, four hours long. Maybe you experienced something like this yourself. You're pushing back from the tarmac on a plane, and the captain says... Hey, everybody, I uh, got a storm coming through. Gonna have to sit here for a minute, let it blow over. Last time that happened to me, had a panic attack. Seriously, I'm in this hot, stuffy place. I get up to go to the bathroom. Boom, fell down, sir, sir. <laughs> can get a little scary. People freak out. Not at this show. These girls just started singing songs. And to take it back to the big lesson number one, showing up, most artists in this situation, they would have canceled either because they didn't feel like performing at that point. Because remember, this show, it's supposed to start at six. It's got two or three opening acts, three-hour show. Let's push back four hours. You're starting at 10. This show's going to go on through the night. So you can understand why a lot of people would have canceled. Or you would have an issue with the city not allowing you to play. Outdoors is right in the middle of the city. It's loud. If she goes on at 10.30, you're not out of there until 1.30. And that's exactly what happened. She went on at 10.30, got off at 1.30. This is the kind of person that Taylor Swift is. A friend of mine, Rick Barker, he was Taylor's first manager. Rick is the guy who took her around to hundreds of radio stations around the country getting her record played. At the time, and this may still be true, the country radio format, number one as far as the amount of radio stations that there are. There are thousands of country radio stations in this country. They are not all big stations. It is not glamorous. You're on little country roads. You're going to low power stations. You're going to high power stations. When I'm cutting my talk show, Music Business Radio, we do it out of a radio station. It is not uncommon to see two or three artists in there at once trying to get the attention of the radio programmers. That's the kind of work that she did. He spent a lot of time with her and he was telling me stories about this. He told me one time she was doing a meet and greet. This was at something called CMA Fest. It's in Nashville. CMA Fest is basically, let's say it's summer camp for country music fans. You come, you meet all sorts of country music artists. Taylor's there. He talked about her being ill one day, not really feeling that well, under the weather, still signing autographs for 13 hours in a row. Crazy, right? I mean, she's doing it arguably at the expense of herself, but she really wants this. That's the kind of person that she is. Speaking of passing out, he told me that she's on the elevator going up with him and she's like, oh, I just kind of collapsed. I mean, completely exhausted. But she loves her fans. She's really into it. She wants to be doing this. People say that they want this. They've got no idea how much work that it is. Not just from the element of traveling and traveling and traveling and writing songs, having to be good, but the energetic, emotional element of having to show up for your fans. So let's get to big lesson number two, speaking of that kind of energy. Making lemonade out of lemons. In the last episode, I talked about Seal. That was the artist that I gave the example for. He came to Nashville. Ticket sales were soft. 
The balconies were closed. They brought everybody to the first floor. He's mad. Empty arena, maybe four or 500 people there, and he's bitching about it the entire show. I was playing for a king the night before. We had 30,000 people in the audience. Blah, blah, blah. He's mad. Instead of what Taylor Swift does. Now, let me set the stage a little more for you. It was raining. I mentioned that. Rain can mess up a moment. But I want you to think about this. It's the third night of a three-night run. All your buddies have already seen her. Everybody's talking about this over the internet. Oh, it's a spiritual experience. You won't believe how great Taylor is. They've seen it on Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, television. Everybody's excited about this tour. It was canceled during 2020 because of the pandemic. So a lot of people have been waiting three years to see this. And now they finally get a chance to, and they're not going to. Hotel room nights, $1,200 a night. It's a busy week for Nashville. 500,000 people, in addition to our normal people that come, were in town. 200,000 of them for Taylor. Trevor Noah was here. A Disney musical, Aladdin. Oprah was here. You can get your money back if a show doesn't happen. But you're not going to get your airfare back. You're not going to get your hotel money back. You won't get your time back. And you might not have another opportunity to see her again. Getting tickets in the first place, that was like winning the lottery. Ticketmaster, boom, blew up. People weren't able to get tickets. It was insane. Everybody wanted to be at the show. So you can imagine the pressure that the crowd felt. When Taylor Swift got on stage, she didn't complain. Oh, I'm having to work late. It's raining. Here's what she said. Check this out. The rain show only chooses a crowd that can handle a rain show. Don't you agree, Nashville, Tennessee? <laughs> so, um, we also never, ever, 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 ever forget rain shows. Like, when we're up here and we're... And we're just like dancing in the rain and you're dancing in the rain and we're singing in the rain and you're singing in the rain. This is something we're all doing together. It's like such a bonding experience. Like we have this for life, just so you know. Now it's an adventure. This is something you're going to tell your friends about. This is something that you went through with all those other fans. We didn't know if we were going to get to do it. We got in there. We tried to make the best of it. We're singing songs. I'm hungry, running out of money. I didn't know. And then. Storm went over, kind of, and Taylor came on, and we made it happen. That's an adventure. That's a story. It's memorable. Big lesson number three, make people part of the show. Arguably, you're already part of the show. <laughs> You've had this adventure together while you're waiting to see if the show's going to happen. She did that with her rain show comments. This is memorable for us. This is memorable for you. Rain only appears for crowds that can handle it. She immediately compliments the crowd. But then she goes even deeper. I talked about this in my book, Big Podcast, about disco music, EDM, you could argue right now. My theory of why disco music took off is because it makes people part of the show. Lots of musicians do this with sing-alongs. Freddie Mercury from Queen, great at that. But I want you to listen to how Taylor handled something. She was playing a song called Marjorie, piano song, doing like a unplugged acoustic ballad version of it. Listen to this. That's a super nice thing for you guys to do. (laughs) 
what she's talking about. Let me take it back to Queen. Back in the day, you would see people holding up cigarette lighters, lighting up the audience. You don't see that anymore. These kids don't smoke. If they do, they vape. <laughs> but they've all got mobile phones and they've got lights on them. That's the new version of a cigarette lighter. And she's playing this song. The crowd becomes a light show because it's just a spotlight on her. The crowd lights up the audience. And she mentions it. Then she goes deep. people know the story behind the song but they already knew because they're super fans she's already brought them into her world they already know about that song they know why it's special to her and that makes it special to them and they're creating this moment with her and by already knowing that and by her telling the people who didn't already know that then they're even more connected to it they're sharing that emotional moment together it's not just her performing it's them in on that performance with her it's not just her grandmother that she's singing about it's all their loved ones. It's all the people that they know that wish they could have been there or wish they could have done something with their lives, but they didn't, but they still left their mark on you. There's something magical that happens when everybody's doing something together. I talked about Podcast Jumpstart 2.0. We're doing that next month. The reason that I'm doing that in this way, having a group of people get together and everybody's working on their podcast together is because there's something special about it. We're all going through this together. Same thing in a Taylor Swift concert. You're doing this together. You're not just watching somebody, you're participating with them. Think about that with your podcast audience. Can you bring your listeners into what you were doing? Maybe it's something like the podcast Jumpstart. It's a cohort, retreat, live event. How do you bring people in? Make people part of the show. Let me take it back to Music Business Radio, the radio show and how we do that. We've got something called the Demo Derby at the end. Now, this is a show, as you can imagine from the title, Music Business Radio. It is about the music industry. I'm interviewing musicians. I'm interviewing record label heads, producers, engineers, managers. They're telling stories about the music industry. And one of the things that we do to bring the audience in, got a segment called Dave's Demo Derby, the audience, listeners, many of whom are musicians, they can send their demos in, demos, recordings, records, whatever they've got, send their music in. And they can get it listened to by the guests that I am interviewing. I've got access to them. They do not normally have access to these people. So I'm opening the door, giving them access to those people. They get airplay. The other thing that we do, we let people do jingles. Not really a full jingle, but a tag. Like a country guy, music business radio. Throw a tag in the middle of the episode. 
Music business radio. See, I was right on, whatnot. It sounded just like that. Actually, let me play a couple of those. Open that up. Send in your version of the jingle. Send in a tag, a liner. Hey, this is John Smith from Band XYZ, and you're listening to David Hooper on Music Business Radio. Hello, people of the loving public. This is Webb Wilder, the last of the full-grown men, urging you to work hard, rock hard, eat hard, sleep hard, grow big, wear glasses if you need them, because that's the Webb Wilder credo. And I want you to listen to Music Business Radio. You can do that with your audience, reading the letters and the emails that your audience sends you. I'm getting ready to do a series of episodes on this podcast of just that, listener letters. People reached out to me via email. Instead of responding to them, which I do that too, say, hey, you know what? I'm going to make this into an episode. I can go a little bit deeper on this. Not only does it help them, it shows the listeners of this podcast, people like you, who the other listeners of this podcast are. It builds a community. You can do that with your podcast. I got one more thing to end this on, but let me summarize these big lessons. The first one, show up. Show up for your audience, man. They care enough to get on Apple Podcasts or subscribe to your podcast or subscribe to your email list or go to your website. They care enough to listen to you. The least you can do is show up, give them a good episode. Not only bringing the energy and prepping the episode, but also post-production. Are you editing? You better be editing. <laughs> you better be editing, man. That's one of the kindest things that you can do for your audience. If you got an audience of 100 people, you shave one minute off that episode, you've just saved humanity 100 minutes. Big lesson number two, make lemonade out of lemons. When something goes wrong, I'm gonna put that in quotes, make it an adventure. And even better, if you could add big lesson number three, making people part of the show, having that class consciousness, that community, doing something together with your audience, not just for your audience or having your audience do something for you, doing it together. That's huge. That's huge. Make people feel something, man, and feel it with them. Think about how Taylor talked about that song. She's feeling something. The musicians on stage, the dancers on stage, they're feeling something and the audience is feeling something. And like she said, it's good to feel things. Your audience is waiting to feel something. You can help them with that. Something else related to this, by the way, speaking of the audience participating in the show with you, everybody in the stadium got a wristband. It wasn't a normal wristband, it lit up. It's like, okay, cool. But during the show, lights dimmed, the wristband synced in time to the music. The wristband became part of the light show. So it wasn't just the stage show that you were seeing. It was the entire arena, the bowl, man. It was crazy. There's all sorts of videos on this online. Just look up Nashville, Taylor Swift. You will see this. That's one way to get connected with your audience. Another thing that she did, she went local. And we have this in podcasting. Local is one of these ways to do this, by the way but it's going niche, honoring a very specific group. She's in this big bowl, 70,000 people watching her. 
And she could say, well, this is the same show as the night before or the same show as the next night. She's doing these things in three-day runs. How it works is they play three days. They've got four days off. During that time, what they're doing is they're tearing that set down, moving the set to the next place, setting it up, play three days. So four, three, four, three, that's the schedule. She could think, well, every time I'm on stage, it's about 70,000 people. It's basically the same show. And it arguably is, but she did little things to say that, yes, I acknowledge you, Nashville. Part of it she did in that clip I played for you earlier, where she says, hey, Nashville, she acknowledges Nashville. But she was wearing a Nashville Predators jersey, the local NHL team. That's something that's super simple to do. She's got to wear something, right? But it lets people know, hey, yeah, I'm one of you. I'm with you. How can you do that for your audience? There's a joke. (laughs) I love this joke. It talks about going to a Mary Kay convention. They say, you better wear pink. And you can think about that, right? If you're going to a Lululemon convention, you better wear some Lululemon. (laughs) Wear the clothing of your audience. And she did that with a Nashville Predators jersey. But the other thing that she did, she's got a part of the show where she gives away a hat that she's wearing to one member of the audience. And it's set up ahead of time. They find somebody that they know is going to be at the front of the stage and she gives them a hat. This one got a little bit of news because I guess it's been about six weeks ago, we had a mass shooting in Nashville. Somebody walked into a school and nine people are dead. Three staff members and six kids. The girl who got the hat was the sister of one of the kids that died. And it was a moment. It's a moment. This has been a huge deal in Nashville. What are we going to do? It's a Christian school, private school. We thought these kids were safe. And they're not safe. This is a little girl who lost arguably somebody she was very close to. What's her life going to be like that? It's forever changed. And for that audience to see that live, because they knew the story, it gets out ahead of time. And this is a marketing opportunity for Taylor Swift as well. So it wasn't just the goodness of her heart. I think she cares, don't get me wrong, but there's some other benefits to it. So they knew the story, arguably. Certainly the people that saw it on Twitter, television, other types of media did afterwards. And you're seeing this moment and you're thinking like, oh, thank God for that. This kid has a little bit of a break. She probably hasn't had much of a break for the last six weeks. She's going through a tough time. She gets just a break this one night. It's a nice moment. You can do that with your audience. Just acknowledging things, man. Reaching out to people. If you get an email from somebody that says, hey, you know, I'm going through this, just acknowledging it. Turning it into an episode. Acknowledging that people are human. Like Taylor said earlier, that it's good to feel feelings and that people have feelings and you're in there with them. These little things. This is why she's a big star. It's not necessarily the songs, but if we want to talk about the songs, If you listen to her songs, they connect with people. She is saying the things that her listeners are feeling. And she does a great job of that. You may not be a songwriter, but you can do the exact same thing. It is good to feel feelings. It is good to feel empowered. It is good to feel that you matter. If you can help your audience feel these things, they'll follow you wherever. They'll wait in line for you during the pouring rain 
even though they're not sure you're going to show up. But they're pretty sure because you've got a reputation that you've built. These are the lessons that you can learn from watching somebody like Taylor Swift. It is not an accident that she is as big as she is. Somebody's going to be as big as she is. It's going to be somebody like that. Is it going to be you? Are you the next big podcaster? Maybe. Maybe. But you got to start now. you got to start with that foundation. I talked about Madison Square Garden on the last episode. Don't talk about playing Madison Square Garden until you can play the local club. Don't talk about being a big podcaster with a big contract until you can do these things with the 100 listeners that you have right now. If you can't handle the 100 listeners that you have right now, you're not going to be able to handle the millions of potential listeners that come with a big contract and big promotion. I want to help you do it. I've talked about the podcast Jumpstart. It's coming, man. It's free. You've got no excuse. Get in on it with me. At least sign up. If it's not for you, it's not for you. But it's not going to cost you any money. So what do you got to lose? Bigpodcast.net slash jumpstart. That's the URL to go to. It's not .com. Bigpodcast.net slash jumpstart. I'm putting the finishing touches on it. I cannot wait to get this to you. I cannot wait to go through this with you. These are small, little bitty changes. They're going to get you big results when it comes to building an audience, making more money with your podcast, making impact with your podcast. Bigpodcast.net slash jumpstart. I talked about the listener letters that I'm doing, that series of episodes. If you want to get in on that, when you sign up for bigpodcast.net slash jumpstart, I'm going to send you a personal email, reply back with any kind of questions that you've got. I'll do one of those episodes for you. And if you want to make sure that you don't miss those episodes, this is how to do it. Bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. Back to the dot com. That's the subscribe page. Some Taylor Swift fans, they call it follow. Subscribe, follow, whatever you call it. This is the URL, bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. I've got three buttons for you. One click is all it takes for you to subscribe to this podcast. I've got an iPhone button. I've got an Android button. I've got an RSS button. I've got a QR code that you can scan. Hold your phone up to it. I'll get you hooked up on a subscription in whatever way you subscribe to podcast. I'm here for you, man. I've made it extremely easy for you. It's all at bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. Go there now to make sure that you don't miss a series of listener letters. And I'll see you on the next episode of Built a Big Podcast. What it do, man? We're coming live and direct. It's your boy Debo. And you listen to Music Business Radio. Yeah.